0: MLM Nation, episode 638. Welcome to MLM Nation, a podcast of leaders, by leaders, for leaders, hosted by Simon Chan. He's
1: built a team of over 200,000 and is now a full-time MLM coach and trainer. So if you're ready to level up your business, join us now. Let's do this.
0: Hey, are you driven by purpose or just by money? Is network marketing all about the fancy cars, mansions, or the quote-unquote lifestyle, or there more to it? Now, if you're driven by purpose, go check out this new group called Purpose Driven Networkers. Not only do we have a higher calling, but we also have a five-step system that we use to help get your next customer or rep immediately. Go check it out at PurposeDrivenNetworkers.com. ML Nation, this is Simon Chan. I'm fired up to bring our special guest today, power couple with Paul and Shelda Magistri. Hey, Paul and Shelda, are you ready to make it happen? We are
1: ready to make it happen, Simon. We're honored to be on your show. Thank you so much for having
0: us. Paul Magistri worked in the financial industry and was also a consultant to the healthcare industry before he got started in network marketing. His wife, Shelda worked in the real estate for new home builders, and they met after they got started within the MLM ministry. Together today, they have over 25 years of network marketing experience, and have earned over millions of dollars in lifetime commissions. Paul is also a retired professional bull rider, and both of them share their love of horses by competing in, in equestrian events across America. They also have a son, Bryce, who is at the University of Charleston on a football scholarship. And they just have a fun-loving couple, and I'm excited to have them here. So, poor shout-out, I've given ML Nation a brief background, but take us back in time. How did you two get started in network marketing? Well,
1: I'll start off, uh, Simon. Uh, you know, I was an estate planner, and, you know, I, I was like a lot of people probably listening to this. You know, I, I went to school. I did what they told me to do, right? I, I went to school. I got my education, uh, and I woke up one day and uh, realized that, you know all my friends were going different routes, attorneys, doctors, et cetera. But I I I came from a good family, but we didn't have a lot. And when I graduated from college, even though I was on this track to be you know to figure out, you know, what I was going to do from a from a business perspective and a and was you know what to do with my life, the one thing that kept coming back is I didn't have a real track to run on to change my situation financially and to live the lifestyle I wanted to live. Compared to you know what my family did, my father was a professional cowboy, my mother was a nurse. They worked very hard, but um, they were always trading time for money. They were always sacrificing family for finance, and um, I wanted a different life. So I became a, a, a certified estate planner. Uh, so because I figured no one in my world knew about money, so I better figure it out. So I, I became a certified estate planner and. Uh, uh, it was through that that I met my wealthiest client. And uh, he was a million-dollar earner in the industry and uh, was my client for quite some time. And he was starting his own company and called me in one day and said, you know, hey, I'm going to start my own company. I'm going to give you an opportunity to be my, uh, my founding distributor. And I sat back in my chair with my ego and my lack of knowledge and said, wait a minute, man, I have five federal licenses. My name is Paul Magistri. I mean, I've got the glasses and the suspenders to prove it. Multi-levels beneath me. I, I'm a certified estate man. I can't sell soap, man. And, and he said something to me that really messed with me, and it changed my life. He said, where are you going to get on the other side of the phone? Because, see, there's a very big difference between the person taking the order for the stock bond, you know, Life insurance policy, what have you, and the person placing it. Two completely different guys, right? The one that's actually paying, giving you the money, and the one who's who's, you know, managing it. And so I was managing millions of dollars, but I didn't have any. And so that really opened my mind to the industry. That's how I really, uh, you know,
0: really got started. Uh what about you, Shada?
2: Well, I was um, typically I came from the sales and marketing field within new home building, as as you had mentioned, Simon. And, you know, it's interesting because over the years, as I've listened to all the presentations and they talk about downsizing and right sizing and all of these things that happen in traditional business, I was a victim in a certain sense of that several different times where I had, had been laid off being, you know, kind of in the top echelon of management, that the marketing department was always a place where you could get, you know, some money back pretty quickly. So I had been laid off. And the truth is, Paul will always tell people that we met, you know, five, 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 one a date on an ad or whatever. And the truth is, is it was, um it was a newspaper ad back when, you know, we used newspapers for employment and that sort of thing. Cold market campaign. And I, I answered an ad and uh, he was building the Houston market. He lived in Atlanta at the time. And that,
1: that, that was our introduction. I, uh, when, when I first met Sheldon, what was very interesting is that um, she did represent really what everybody in the industry is looking for, right? She, she had a young baby. She was you know a mom. She was out there trying to find her way to spend more time with her child than she was paying for it. You know, she went out and did a you know, million dollars in business her first year with us, and we developed a friendship and a mentorship, and um, that's kind of how we got started.
2: And I I think, Simon, the reason I said yes, um, network marketing was not anything that was in my wheelhouse or anything that I ever saw myself doing either. What I did know is that there were other people that had time freedom, you know, working for a company, being an executive, you know, I felt like that I was on call 24 seven, you know, the time that I was putting in at the office was time that I wasn't spending with my son. I was raised pretty much by a single mom. Um, I think there were there were some dads in there kind of off and on over the years, but mostly it was my mom. And I, I didn't want the same life for my son, of course, wanting to provide for him. But at the same time, I really wanted to have time and I wanted to be able to go to his soccer games and his football games and all of those things. And and this this industry and the life has afforded that to us.
1: Mm. The free gift is given is when the day Bryce started playing football um, in, you know, third grade, right? Now he in first grade. first grade. What are you
2: talking yeah, about?
1: Grade, I made a vow that I would not miss a football game. And I think from that moment, and now he's about to start his freshman season, um, I think I have
0: missed three in his entire life. That's really cool. I was going to ask you that question, but you kind of answered uh, how you met. But let me ask you this. So, obviously, when you answered an ad, Shonda, did you um, want to go out with him first, or you actually wanted to join the business first? <laughs> I know, <that's> <laughs> or maybe Bad. it was both. Maybe it could have been both, right? So, what no. were what, 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 what you skeptical? <laughs> no. What, what, what are you skeptical? There's no skepticism when you answered an ad, like, um, am I going to be able to do this? Because you come from, like, a real estate, and then answering some ad. And what did the ad say?
2: So the the ad was something along the lines of they were launching Houston for a wellness company and we have primarily been wellness oriented and for me I was raised by a family of, you know, very non-traditional medicine, you know, we had to go to the chiropractor if you had a broken bone, the chiropractor could tell you if you had a broken bone and then you could go to the to a regular family practice but my mother was very into wellness and holistic. So the ad indicated something along the lines of launching a new line or a market within Houston with wellness products that were pharmaceutical grade. And that was really important to me at the time. And so I think when I went for the interview or the, you know, the presentation if you will, I I didn't understand all of it at one time. Um, What I did learn through the time that I spent there was, you know what, the worst thing that could happen is I walk away with better products than what I'm already taking because I was already spending several hundred dollars a month on products. You know, my excitement to be part of a movement and something that was going to grow within the Houston market, which is where I lived, um, was really exciting to me. And no, I was not interested in dating him. I, I um, was married. He was actually married to somebody else. And fast forward, we didn't start to, to, you know, date or even, you know, really was kind of an accident that it happened, to be honest. Uh, Paul was always a consummate professional, and I never had any indication that there was any attraction there. And I, I think we both were, you know, we were more friends prior to. And, and when life happens, we all change. You know, know, our, uh, we both had situations where we learned from our previous marriages and knew what we didn't want. So now it was time for us to create something that, that we wanted.
1: We knew each other for nine years before we ever dated. So it was, uh, you know, it was a friendship. um, um, I think it's fair to say a mentorship Mm -hmm. uh, for many, many years. Uh, Like I said, she, she was a a million dollar, uh, you know, producer for us. And, And when she went back to the building industry, I was always trying to have conversations with her about spending more and more time with us and come back full time and primarily for business purposes. Right. She was a major producer. Um, And then to answer your question, nine years later, we did have the conversation and that was uh, we can date or you can come back and be a distributor, but we can't do both. Mm, And uh, she chose to be my girlfriend instead of uh, my distributor the second time.
0: Uh, There's a, l- a lot of questions, a, f- a fascinating background. So when you got started, let's hear both of you, uh, how did you do initially? Like, did you have a lot of success right away or you had a lot of challenges and struggles?
1: So um, I think our stories were different. When I first started, I was the first distributor of the company and I was still an estate planner. And so uh, I had very specific instructions, Le- leverage my credibility, do introductions and fill a room. So from the time I signed my paperwork, um, to the time I had my first room was about 11 days. I believed that my, 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 my advantage was that I had zero understanding, zero concept of what was going on. And, and I, I did exactly what I was told to do. And so I fearlessly went out, believed that this was the best thing since popcorn, that everybody needed to hear about it, that this was the most important conversation I could have with anybody. And we didn't even have a product yet, but they had to meet my wealthiest client. And uh, I did. So in Buckhead at the Rich Carlton, um, I filled a room of about 250 of my closest clients and friends. And back then we didn't, it was right before cell phones came out or were readily used. And um, I remember calling my mentor and the owner of the company from the lobby. It was about eight minutes before showtime. He was on his way down and I caught him in his room and I said, uh, I have to cancel this. I'm telling everybody to go home. He's like, what are you talking about? I said, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going in right now and I'm telling everybody that I apologize and that they need to go home. He said, "Why?" I said, "You don't understand. I have probably twenty million dollars of managed money in this room. And if, if if they don't agree with what we're talking about, if they think that we're nuts, I am going to lose everything overnight. They will leave me in a heartbeat. Uh, they will see me as somebody who's you know selling you know snake oil, and I will my my estate planning career will be over." Mm. And 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 he said probably the only thing he could have said. He said, Paul, tell you what, give me three minutes. Trust our relationship for three minutes. And if it's going wrong, you walk up and stop the meeting. But give me three minutes. We're here. We paid for the room. You've got everybody waiting on us. Just give me three minutes. Can, can you <laughs> trust our relationship? And we went, went back, you know, 10 years. And he said. Can you give me three minutes? And I did. And it was the most valuable three minutes from a business perspective of my life. That three minutes changed my life.
0: Obviously, it wasn't three minutes. How long did it last?
1: Uh, so the, the, the meeting was about an hour and a half because we had nothing. We had no videos. We had we had one we had one VCR video that was about mm, probably 21, 22 minutes long. It was way too long. And it was really describing something we didn't even have, and uh, and an inkboard, a, and, a and, and that's that's how it started. And I didn't even I couldn't even tell you much more. Matter of fact, the second meeting that we had three weeks later, I said the vice president of the company's name wrong. I called him by the wrong person. So <laughs> I mean, I didn't know anything. I was so green, and and which proves that that. Work, work ethic, and drive, belief, can overcome the ignorance you have starting and starting your business. My belief was huge. My belief was huge in the person that brought me to the opportunity and, and, and the CEO, because he had everything I wanted. I was this big financial guy, but he had everything. And it wasn't just the money and the cars and the house. Sure, had that, but he was a faith-driven guy. He was spending time at church. He was spending time with his kids. He was spending time with his wife. He, he had all the things that I was chasing. And so that, and he was in better health than I was. And so, so all of that was something
0: that I was chasing. So I sold out. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. It's like, and you see this a lot, like people who know a lot about network marketing often aren't very successful because they, they, they almost know too much. And they start thinking of all these different scenarios while they realize the most important thing they're missing is that faith and the belief, right? And like sometimes when you know too much, actually, you don't have that passion. It hurts you.
1: Well, I think there's three steps for that having value, Simon. Uh, The first is that they have to be willing to die to the opportunity, to submit to the opportunity, which means the opportunity directs you. You don't direct it. Two, you have to be humble. Because I had uncles that were big time earners in the industry and I stepped away. That's why I avoided it because I didn't want product in my driveway. I didn't want meetings in my living room. <laughs> I didn't want people to you know run away from me at grocery stores. I didn't want my neighbors to put signs, please don't disturb. I mean, I, 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 because I experienced all that, but these guys were serious fives and six figure earners. One of them was a seven figure earner in the industry. So I thought I knew a lot about it. What was required of me was to realize something that some people on your call may find a little bit harsh, but it worked for me. My mentor said to me, if you've never made $10,000 a month for three to five months in a row, you know nothing. Hmm. And that was hard because I'm educated. I have family. I'm a numbers guy. How can you tell me I know nothing? He said, if you've met never made $10,000 a month in this industry and kept it for three to four months, you know nothing. Well, if you can, if, if, if I, I was able for Paul, I was able to not let that offend me and and, and, and say, okay, that makes sense. If, you no, know, I have horses. Lots of people like to ride, but very few people really are horsemen. So that made sense to me. And so I just submitted. And if he said, stand on one leg and blink
0: with both eyes, it did. That's really good. You said three steps. You said willing to die to that opportunity. Uh, or and then- submit, uh, submit's a better word. Submit to the opportunity. Yep.
1: Be humble. Yep. And recognize you don't know anything. If, if you're not making t- – you know, if, if, for Paul, if, if I wasn't making $10,000 a month and I hadn't, I'm still figuring it out. And, yep. and that was hard for me. And I know a lot of people might disagree with that. But for me, I think – you might agree – um, Simon, that when you go through what it takes to make that and then sustain it, uh, you learn a lot. There's a big difference of learning curve from your first thousand to your first three, your first
0: three to your first seven and seven to ten is a whole different ballgame. Absolutely. Um, shifting over to you, Shada, how, how was your first couple of weeks in network marketing like? So
2: I knew nothing about network marketing. Um, you know, my background, I'm... I'm more of a black and white person, I would say, than, than Paul. And that's probably been the the hardest learning curve for me over the years. So, you know, I was real fortunate to have Paul as a mentor and he laid it out for me. You know, I, it was no different back then than it is today. Make your list. You know, I, I was that rule follower. I made the list. I made the phone calls. I got to tell you, I was terrified Um, I probably blew through a a couple of high level people that could have made a difference in my, my uh, business calling them first, but you know what? I just did it. So having that leap of faith and not knowing a whole lot, but following what people told me to do and not questioning it, the the fear factor, you know, was really big and and still is today. You know, we, we always laugh and, and talk about our chicken list. You know, the people that we're, we're too chicken to call or, or whatever. And, um, you know, following the, the guidelines or following what was set out for me, make your list, make the phone calls. And for me, I, I liked and, and really fell onto the concept of connecting, right? Like I, I made the introduction and then connected them, the three way call, which, you know, is a Zoom or FaceTime or whatever it is you know, for people today, but I basically just utilized every tool that I had. You know, for my marketing background, I'm like, why should I do the work when I don't know anything? And and like you said, what I have found even for myself, as well as distributors over the years, is the more you know, the worse you get. Because you, you try and do too much versus just letting the tools and the videos and all of the things that are available in every company, just letting those things work pushing play and being quiet. You know, that was probably, you know, the hardest thing is you want to always add your two cents and explain it all in your way. But the tools that most companies have are designed to do the the heavy lifting for you. So I really utilized my upline. Um, Unfortunately for Paul, I'm one of those people that pretty much, you know, showed up every day. We had offices and I showed up every day and I would sit in his office and make phone calls and he couldn't shake me, you know, every now and then he'd be like, this is a private conversation. You need to get out. But, um, mostly I just made appointments for him to help me with that initial conversation to move people along. You know, we always talk about that. This is an event driven business. You got to keep moving people from one step and one thing to the other. So I was not, um, wildly successful in the beginning. And I think that's just part of the, the nose, right? You, you don't know what you're doing or what you're saying. And until you get a cadence down, until you know kind of the guidelines of what you should say, you got to test it out a little bit and you're going to lose some people here and there. But I, I'm a firm believer that everything happens the way it's supposed to, that uh, the people that, that were in my, my business that are in my business and that showed up in my life we there for a specific reason during a specific time. Yeah. So I just had to really trust the process, if you will.
1: And Simon, repetition makes experts of us.
2: Yeah.
1: I'll say that again. Repetition makes experts of us. That's and good. And so when she would continue that repetition, what happened was, um, if my memory serves me, you know, she, she didn't know you in her first year, but the lion's share of her volume, she did in her last quarter of her year. She didn't quit. She kept what I call stacking the results, you know, little bit by little bit by little bit. And what what was very interesting for the majority of the people that said no to her in the beginning, she got them anyway (laughs) because she didn't leave. When they checked back with her nine months later and said, what are you doing? They heard the exact same thing, probably just more better, (laughs) you know, that they heard. So she was – they believed her. They they believed that she wasn't, you know, moving to the next shiny object. They believed that she was – Choosing this as a career, not a you know chance moment. So,
2: well, and I think the other thing that Paul always taught me is you know you got to be with a company that you believe in, products that you believe in, and um, you know from the get go, you know he had a couple of sayings. You know, one is those you think will won't, and those you think won't will. Um, and the other is, re- you know, you can always retail on purpose and recruit by accident. So or, or opposite, right, recruit on purpose and retail by accident. So almost every encounter in a conversation that anyone should be having, and I, I found it to be this way, that there were a lot of people that I approached that, you know, were, you know, had full time jobs, had no interest in the business. But you know what? They bought my product. So I was I was probably a heavier product seller, if you will. You a lot and of customers. I was, yeah, a recruiter. You know, I got lucky. I was say I got, I got lucky because I kept trying, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you keep on keep on trying, and then eventually you you get what you want. But I had a couple of big um, distributors that came out of that, but a big bulk of my income was based on just hand and mouth retailing every day.
1: And a nutritional company, Simon. I always say in a nutritional company that if you and if if the concept is sample, and I believe in sampling. If you sample correctly, there's only two possible outcomes. They either become a customer or a distributor or both. In my humble opinion, if, if you get anything other than those two, you probably
0: didn't sample correctly. There are a lot of great nuggets. If you listen to this, I'm gonna do a little recap at the end of this episode. And talk about I love what you said those who think will won't and uh, you can recruit on purpose and retail by accident great quotes there hey so talk about because um, you know Paul you talk, you know you mentioned that shelter the people at the beginning said no to her or eventually joined how important is consistency to success
1: Well I, I, I believe it's ev- uh, almost everything I think consistency um, and discipline make up for lack of talent knowledge or skill in the beginning. It'll, it'll, it may not by itself get you to, you know, six figures a year, but you'll make significant income just because you what I call a grind, because you stayed consistent, you did it day after day. And, and what I tell people is that consistency means different things to different people. The the size of your commitment has to be commiserate with the size of your goal. You can't have a two dollar you know consistency commitment with a hundred thousand dollar goal they have to match so if i'm someone who just wants to make five hundred dollars a month and acquire x amount of customers to get there so i can start saving for my college education for my child or get out of that credit card debt that got away from me or buy a new house the consistency there might literally be no touching my business every day for 30 minutes touching it with a phone call, touching it with a follow-up, touching it with an email, touching it with a sample, touching it with a three-way call, whatever your system is, it may only require 20 minutes of, of touching it, but you've got to do it every day. And not, not only do you need to do it every day so that you the law of numbers can help you, but it also needs to for your belief. As we said earlier, consistently makes experts out of all of us. So I think it's everything.
0: Very good stuff. Hey, I'm Al Nation. Let's prospect together and get results immediately. At our BYOB online workshops, we don't just focus on taking notes and give you more motivation or more things to learn, get a whole notebook of things and you don't even know where to start, right? I know you need a clear roadmap on how to get action and get results take action, get results. So these are our online workshops. You don't need to go anywhere. We just hop on Zoom. I'll teach you exactly what to say. When prospects reply back, I'll guide you word for word, uh, how to overcome the objections. And I guarantee you, at the end of the session, you'll get at least one interested prospect for your business or your product and service. So it's going to be a ton and ton of fun. Uh, And unlike most training events, right? This is not just more training. You you don't get many notes, but I'll guarantee you will get results. And you actually learn through taking the action. So if you want to try it out, it's still a ton of fun. Go to mlnation.com forward slash BYOB. You talked about your, um, you know, shoulder. You were, um, you have fear, terrified. And maybe I know you guys are working on a big project right now. It's really, really exciting. I was checking it out, uh, the brain tap. But talk about fear and like, how did you overcome? Because you were like terrified and appalled. You even had fear. You were like your whole, you know, your C- seed so planning business was at risk. How do you overcome that? Because I think self-doubt, lack of belief, it's a big, that holds most people back, right? Especially if you're listening to Demandation, you're definitely listening to more. This is not your first episode. You've definitely been to lots of trainings. There are a lot of great generic trainings. Your team has trainings, your company has trainings, but you're still stuck. Because I think, talk a little bit about that.
2: Well, uh, for me, I'm not going to say that I've overcome fear like forever because that wouldn't, you know, that's just not the truth. I think for me, it's, jumping out there and, and just doing it is probably, I mean, what's the worst anybody could say? No. You know, that's what my mom used to say. It got me in trouble a little bit every now and then, cause I would ask for too much, but, uh, you know, the, the worst thing anybody could say is no, you know, we've also learned over the years is the more no's you get, the closer you are to a yes. I think that just really taking, doing my best in my head to understand and believe that when people say no, they're not saying no to me, that it's not a reflection of me as a person, that it's okay for people to say no, and I don't need to talk people out of it or into it. Mm. What I found over the years is when I got a no and I kept on and pushed and eventually they said yes, it really didn't work out for me. So really, I know it might sound, i mean, not probably my fake, to be honest, Simon, is is just having faith and knowing that, you know, God put me where I was supposed to be and that the right people will show up and the right people will join me and understanding that I'm not in control of everything. That I would say that's probably I mean, do you yeah. have anything else?
1: I, I do. I, I think I think that's right on for you. I think you, you defined it perfectly. For for me, Simon, I believe that for most people that that are overcome by fear there are two things that they haven't addressed. One is that their why has to be greater than their fear. I was terrified of failing because failing was going to mean business ruin. And quite frankly, Simon, we we all have different kinds of psychoses. For me, particularly back then, being embarrassed uh, was a big thing for me. You know, I didn't want to fail financially, but I also didn't want to be embarrassed. So my why had to be greater than those two things. You 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 will risk a thing if the reward is great enough. If, if you truly internalize it. Now the cha- the second challenge is 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 being able to once you acknowledge it and you said okay this is my why and you're sold out that it doesn't matter. I'm going I'm going to jump out of the airplane anyway because the result I that is at the other end of that at the landing is greater to me than my fear. Once you've done that, then you have to provide yourself the appropriate tools. And the most important tool is in between your two ears. Because that self-talk will talk you out of that very value of your why. Well, maybe my family really isn't that important to me. Or maybe that's just a dream. Well, you know, having more money than time. That's just maybe that's just a silly saying. You that self-talk, I don't, you know, what I tell people all the time is that you are worthy. And this was for me, time. This was probably the biggest aha moment for me in my professional life, and it and it bled into my personal life. Is that I came to the determination, finally, that you are worthy. Of your dreams. Your dreams require a payment of discipline, work ethic, and consistency. So 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 once I knew what my why was and I bought into that I was worthy of my dreams, and all I had to pay for my dream was you know discipline, you know, work ethic and consistency, then then I I felt armed enough to risk the chance of failure, the fear of being embarrassed because my why was worth it.
0: Hmm. Yeah, the self-talk though. How do you change your self-talk? Because he says, you know, I'm not good enough or I can't do it or Paul and Shelter, they're really good. You know, they're very well connected. Paul as a company of 250. it can fill a room. I can't even fill up 250 people in the last five years. I'm not good enough. I'm not good looking enough or all, all these negative self-talk or, you know, I come from a poor... How do you overcome that?
1: So I will say two things about that. First of all, anyone on the show that would say that they can put a number in the room, whatever it is. It might be it might be 50 people, it might be 100 people, it might be 150 people. I will tell you or two
2: uh, or whatever
1: it is. I will tell you that that is 99% of the time an absolute untruth and negative self-talk and I'll prove it. Simon, how many people did you have at your wedding? A hundred and two. A hundred and two people. What was the size of your first room at a multi-level?
0: Seven people.
1: Okay. So what I would say is you had the capacity of a hundred and two people because they want to eat your groceries and hang out with you. Their value of eating your groceries and hanging out with you was a higher value than showing up to your opportunity meeting. Mm. So what I tell people is that my, my room at some point should be commensurate with what I had to our wedding. And, 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 and what's interesting is that my first room was actually equal to our first wedding. Or our wedding. Mm. Uh, and, and so what I will tell you is that you have to overcome, again, that fear, and you have to have you know, a real good understanding of your why. I had no fear inviting everybody in the planet to meet my beautiful bride zero fear i want everybody to come to our event because i believed it was going to be it was worth missing whatever they had planned question is 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 the venue that i'm bu- i'm building for my business
0: have the same belief that's good. I like that. I didn't hey,
1: answer your question. I didn't answer your question about self-taught.
0: Yeah. By, by, uh, by really, the way, before, before I, I gave, I just realized I gave myself too much credit. My first room I ever did was that it was seven, but that was the, that was an asterisk there. The first room I did what people showed up. My first room actually I did was zero people. So, cause no one showed up and I canceled it. So, uh, well, anyway. And, 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 so here's a, here's a funny story about canceling.
1: We have a rule. We never cancel an event. Yeah. So Sheldon has actually caught me way, way back when we first got started. I was opening up Houston, had a meeting scheduled at 7 o'clock. She came in about 7.15, 7.30. She actually said she wasn't going to come, but then she did. I think I guilted her into it. <laughs> and, uh, and she came in. And I really think that was the first day she thought I was absolutely nuts. Because I was doing a full-blown presentation animation, the whole thing. I mean, I was pitching. Guess how many people were in the room? No one, just you and Sheldon. Sheldon wasn't there. She walked in on me presenting an empty room Mm. because I knew I needed the repetition and I needed to speak this thing into belief. I had to speak it into... I wasn't skilled enough. I hadn't been in the business long enough. I wasn't good enough to say, well, the room's not worth my time. I believe in energy. I believe in, in, in taking care. So the self-talk I had to create in my brain because I didn't have the tools. I wish I had the tools I have today, but back then I didn't. So mantras and doing it anyway, letting my ear hear my presentation and my belief helped with myself talk. That empty room, me talking to myself, I was giving myself – Hey, 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 I was overcoming my negative self-talk I would have an hour later driving home about my empty room and how I was wasting all my time and giving up my estate planning business. And I wasn't good That's good.
2: Simon, something that came up for me as you guys were talking was I remember the first time I had to speak in front of the room. And, you know, today it's kind of like we speak at Zoom, but it's still, you know, it's one thing to be on the phone where nobody can see you or whatever, but to actually see your face. We had a full room of probably 100 people or so. My very, very first time ever speaking. And being the person that I am, I had all of my note cards. I knew, like, I had my little cheat sheets. I knew exactly what I was going to say. Paul walked past me as he introduced me and took my note cards.
1: So we're walking by, and I'm like, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, welcome, Sheldon. And she walks up, and I, as I give her a hug and welcome her to to the front of the room, I snatch her cards out of her hand.
2: And and those cards were full of statistics. Those cards were full of all the things that you shouldn't be saying to people. (laughs) All the things that I really didn't need to memorize. And I had practiced what I was going to say in front of the room several different times. I had family members that came and critiqued me and When you asked about fear, what I realized is that when I sink back into myself and just talk to people, tell them my experience and really make sure that what I'm saying is not focused about what's in it for me, that it's focused about what's in it for them. Hmm. When I do that and I am genuine and I am coming from my heart there's never the fear sure. of trying to sell somebody, if you will. For sure. And, and I will say that that was a huge shift in my whole experience, um, in the industry and in life, to be honest, is that moving from, you know, being worried about if I'm going to say the right things, if I speak from my heart and I listen to what my heart wants to say, or if I'm authentic and just talk to people like they're real people and, and approach it from that direction, it really is a whole lot less fearful because what's somebody going to say no to when you're telling them about your experience and you know, what happened to me and how I felt in my life that, you know, they have a couple of choices, right. To either yeah. say yes or no, but it, it becomes more of a, an outward heartfelt conversation than trying to sell somebody.
1: For sure. And
2: it's a whole lot less fearful. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't have mental self-talk and all of that, but I would say that that was a pivotal moment in in my world um, until we, you know, have moved on. Because there's still lots of things while the industry is not as fearful, like I'm not afraid or have the same kind of fear. I still have fear. It just looks different. So we're always over. I'm always overcoming fear on different levels of things all of the time.
1: Your brain's being fed negativity or positivity? It's, been, it's, it's being fed reasons not to or reasons to. Um, we choose, we are very focused and always have been on feeding our brains the positive how to stuff
0: and really to the best of our ability, shutting out why we can't. So you talk about feeding your brain. You can feed your game positive or negative. When people think of feeding the brain, the only thing about oh, is was reading the books, attending the trainings, but there's so much more than that. Cause you know, that's one of the things I did when I first started, I realized it doesn't matter how much I read when it came to talking to people, I still lack confidence, right? I still doubted myself. So what are some ways to feed your brain? Well, I think you know, really Simon, the, the
1: challenge is, is that the information's out there, whatever a person wants to accomplish, be a better spouse, be a better parent, entrepreneur, network market, whatever it is that they want to do, the information is easier today to access than ever before. What hasn't changed is, is the ability to internalize that information. And what I call into in the case of business, business DNA. Meaning, if you when I woke up this morning, I didn't have to convince myself to brush my teeth. I didn't have to walk myself through, put my left sock on, my right sock on. I didn't have to go through mental you know, conversations to do a thing, right? It's just what I do. I get up, I go. Well, how do we take all this information that we need to become you know, uh, effective at whatever it is we want? And and I, I, I know this is about business and I'm a big believer in that. But one of the great most gracious, greatest things I'm so proud of is being a part and giving back and you know and, and 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 the example of the fellowship of Christian network marketers. I mean to be able to share my, my, my heart and to be able to talk to people about what God's done in our business is paramount for us. But that didn't happen overnight. My, my walk, uh, spiritually, uh, my faith walk, and my business walk, and certainly my relationship walk, and my parenting walk all came and, and needed to be fed in the same way. The information to get is out there, and the analogy I give is algebra. You know, I always wondered, you know, why can't I take, you know, my, my professor, put her in, in my ears, go to sleep, wake up and pass algebra. You know, so the truth is, is that now, as, particularly as it relates to habit forming and training our brain, we can. And so Brain Health Sciences is something we're very excited about. We're actually announcing our launch, uh, our official launch uh, here on your show, Simon, Uh, Because we have dedicated our lives in helping people get from one place of personal development to another. And one of the biggest challenges I see in our industry is the lack of duplication. You know, we're supposed to be in this duplication business, but the truth is, is very few of us have ever duplicated more than two or three people to the degree of the life we have. And I'm not just talking about financially. I'm talking about personal development, relationships, walk with God, all of it, the whole the whole picture. And so the only way I have found to be able to capture that is to start here. And and what we've been able to do is um, acquire a technology
0: that, that allows us to do that. Yeah, so t- uh, tell uh, t- – why don't you share a little bit about the technology a little bit? Because I have it on my phone. I'll, t- I'll share, talk a little bit about it. But why don't you share about – talk a little bit about cap?
2: Well, so initially when we when we came across BrainTap and decided to to start our company, Brain Health Sciences, we were looking for ways to help our distributors get past that fear that we talked about today, to get from one place to another without all of the additional effort. You know, our our worlds are a lot different today where everything is very much fast paced and Everybody expects a result, right? But they don't want to necessarily go through all the coaching that you're, you know, like you're doing and all of the other things. So really, we were looking for a way to condense the time frame to really get people's mindset, to get them past all of that. Um, so what BrainTap does is it, it does a lot of the work for you. I talked earlier about, you know, I'm just a big proponent of utilizing all the tools that I can. And um, BrainTap is actually... A, an enhanced meditation app that includes a headset so you can either do it with or without the headset but on the app we you know we have specific modules that are for everything from um you know network marketing and sales mastery to sleep and wellness and health and what we've, what we've learned is you know not only is that is is your brain indicate your life, your sleep indicates your productivity, your, your happiness, all of those things. So being able to really address a person as a whole, I mean, if you're just reading books all the time and you're doing trainings all the time and you're not sleeping or you're not getting that regenerative, regenerative, you know, restorative things that your body needs, you're not going to go anywhere. You're going to actually, you know, live in, in that state of you know, you know, talk about the, the fight or flight kind of thing. Um, you're going to be living in that stage more often than a relaxed brain state to really be able to learn the information properly. So what what BrainTap does, and Paul, feel free to jump in anytime, um, is it 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 actually does a lot of subliminal or uh, guided visualization. Along with the the sound, the binaural beats, isochronic tones, so it has all of these different modalities that a lot of people may be doing individually. That really gets your brain ready and in a in a place to be able to restore itself and to be at its you know peak performance.
1: So, brain health sciences is, is uh, committed to um, uh, in business particularly, but into a personal personal health, personal. Development and then in business development, provide brain entrainment to the masses, um, and particularly in, in, in network marketing. And so, Brain Tap is uh, our uh, our our marquee approach to that. So, Brain Health Sciences is um, our goal is to be the the Foot of brain health, and uh, Brain Tap is Nike, if you will. And so, as as, as Sheldon was mentioning, you can. You you can acquire you know the app and what's great about it is it's in specificity what people are trying to you know overcome or get better at and the brain entrainment really helps people because as you you and I talked once before Sam that that for example meditation is not new to you binaural beats is not new to you uh, light therapy is not new to you but this is the only technology that combines all five aspects. Of of uh, brain stimulation and uh,
2: advancement
0: at the same time. Yeah, it's kind
2: of like a peloton for the brain. <laughs> yeah, and, and, it is well, a peloton for the brain.
0: And you know, we'll put the link in the show notes where people can learn more. But uh, just to let you know for listeners, you know, uh, you know, I know you've been listening to ML Nation for a long time. I'm a big, big fan of this, and I've done this type. Of, so when Paul and I first connected through uh, the uh, the Fellowship of Christian Networkers, uh, where we're both like part of the board. Like when he first told me about this, like, wow! I wish I knew this. I wish I had this when I was building. Because just to let you know, I did this type of work, but that time it was a lot more expensive, and it was a lot harder to get. So I, I'll give you a reason. I still remember when I was in Malaysia. I was, I was you know, I had a vision to grow big, right? And you, people always talk about vision. You read books, but I just feel like I deep down I didn't believe in it, and it's because deep down your subconscious, unless that has worked you can't make those changes, right? And that's like, maybe if you're listening to this, you'll listen to a lot of episodes of ML Nation, you have listened to team trainings, but you still have fear. You you all know, you know, success on the other side of fear. But how come when it comes to taking action, fear holds you back? Because your subconscious is right there blocking you. It doesn't matter how many books or podcasts doing that is blocking you. So for me, it was, I realized I grew up in a, you know, uh, my goal is to make a hundred thousand. But once I get the hundred thousand, I had a lot of blockage to getting me to the next level. So back in oh six oh seven, I did tons of this type of work. How to even like before I started my? You know, I've been blogging for almost fourteen years. Before I opened my first blog, I was like, oh my goodness, what? I have no ideas. I actually, I didn't even tell you, this, Paul. I would sit there all day and listen to these. Hey, when I take a nap, I'll just play it and like work on my subconscious. Like, Sam, you are creative. People want to hear what you say. You are the man. You have a lot of value to give. Cause deep down, I said I'm gonna be a, I'm gonna create content, coach. But deep down, I was like, oh no, but you're not good enough. No one has heard of you before. So anyway, I'm a big fan of that. Can go on and on. But what's cool about what you guys do is uh, back then I had to buy all the stuff, which is way more expensive. You made it so easy on the app. Once I saw this on the on the app, like right now, I'm looking at the entrepreneur breakthroughs. You know, like creating a winning strategy, building professional relationships. That was, that would have helped me out because I'm a shy, quiet Asian kid. It took me, this would be like a shortcut. All you have to do is just listen to this for 60 minutes. Anyway, I can go on and on about, it. I think it's really, really cool. I'm excited. I think this will definitely help anyone in business. We are shy, to, you know, afraid of rejection or sales. Um, this would be a breakthrough for you. So I'm going to put a link. Uh, and if you're watching on the video, Paul actually has a special helmet. He looks like he's from Mars now or from a different galaxy. Uh, and by the way, I ha- I've had You're that stuff too. Like Headphones and listening to And I was... I, yeah, I can go on and on about it. Uh, but it's really, really cool. I'll put a link to the show notes page. So I'm happy. Yeah, thank you for doing this. I think the profession really needs something like this. Because like you said, the training, is more well, training now than ever, but people are still stuck. People
1: are still stuck in this in the driveway, mostly because of what's going on between their two ears. They're, everybody has a system. And I want to say this thing about why we're so excited about brain health sciences and, and brain tap as as our marquee concept because everybody has a training program and most of them work but most people don't embrace them but but when they take that to that very module of training say your five steps to success and create it as a module in brain tap we found from a recent study that uh, with Google, that, the, that their training program was increased dramatically as a result. They already had great results with their training program, but it was increased again because they added,
0: you know, BrainTap to their existing training. Hey, thank you so much for sharing on the show. You, you two have been awesome. As we wrap up, some really quick questions to pick your brain, okay? These can be one cent one-liners, so keep me short. What is one of your favorite success quotes that motivates you? You're worthy of your dreams.
2: And your think-
1: dreams require payment of discipline, work ethic, and consistency. Mm. I say that to myself every day.
2: And I would say mine is probably the, you know, the Zig Ziglar one that says if you if you help another people, enough other people get what they want, you'll get what you want.
0: What's one habit that's helped you become successful?
1: I,
2: I think I'm most successful
1: when I Get up early uh, a half hour earlier than planned, and I read and 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 what that really means to me is uh, I think the biggest attribute anyone skill set anyone can ever master is the skill set of discipline.
2: I was gonna say um, persistency definitely for you and um and discipline it's it's hard to do. And, and we're not always great at it every day, but if, if you can be better at it than, on most days than not, it, it pays off.
0: What's the best piece of advice you ever received? The best piece of advice
1: that I ever had was, I, be very clear what it is that you want, go find someone who has it, and do exactly what they're doing. And you'll get
0: what they have. What would you, Shada?
2: I would say um, putting other people first. You know, that really being more of a, of a servant uh, mentality is probably the best, you know, making sure that that when we're talking to people that we're talking to them for them and being worse, more having a servant mentality.
0: What's your favorite prospecting tool? So say you have a qualified prospect, they're interested. Do you send them a video or do you do hop on a Zoom? What do you like to use?
1: Mine is Paul. <laughs> well, I was gonna say uh, that, that's what I call that's what I call hot potato. Uh, my my the the uh, just, she's fantastic at a hot potato. Hello, here. Um, she is fantastic at that. Um, mine is be- because of what we do, and and you know I, I I I sampled somebody David for yesterday. I mean, and I've been traveling. Um, sampling sampling is my favorite thing to do because I know. If I sample properly, I'm going to get one of two results.
2: I still am a big fan of the three-way call, Simon. I mean, we do three-way Zooms and things like that now, but I think especially to get somebody else that, you know, that matches the person or someone that they can relate to on the phone, because, you know, depending on what what the backgrounds are of certain people, I may not have the same connection. So getting, getting that three-way call or that, Zoom or FaceTime, whatever. Getting them connected with somebody else, I think, um, takes me out of it. And like you said, the hot
0: potato. And then you move on to videos and other things. Do you have, uh, aside from your app, BrainCap, which I highly recommend, any other online resources or an app on your phone that you could recommend?
1: Um, app-wise, uh, it would be probably better at that. For me, I try to read. I try to, you know, I, I've been most successful in anything I do. Uh, in my life, when I when I when I read that thing, when I when I research uh, what it is, I'm trying to become better at. I, I don't think a person can be uh, grateful and angry at the same time. And so, I think a lot of people walk around with angry baggage of some sort, whether that's impatience, intolerance, what have you. So, for me. Purpose-driven life was a, a very big mover for me, uh, and 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 my and and my Bible. Those are you know books like that, and and, go, and tying it back to my faith uh, made me um, more aware of of that fact that you can't be angry and, and grateful at the same time. And grateful people have abundance.
0: Hmm. I like that. So what about you, Shota?
2: I am a little bit all over the map, Simon. I mean, I I listen to you. I you know I really kind of enjoyed the clubhouse that that Jennifer brought to us not too long ago. Um, I'm a little bit all over the map in those areas. So believe it or not, old school. Just get on YouTube and type in motivation. That seems to work for me. But I I pick a little bit from everyone because I don't want to get stuck with only one direction. I feel like that when when I have a bigger sphere of influence and other people have different outlooks that I can learn more.
0: Paul mentioned Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren in the Bible. Uh, any other books that you could recommend, Sheldon? Any t- two or three other books?
2: I tell you, um, I there was one that I read about habits that, gosh, what was the name of that book? Oh, actually, there's two of them, believe it or not. Um, Self-Discipline for the Entrepreneur was a real good one for me. And... Um, the strangest secret by Earl Nightingale to this day still still motivates me. It is still one because it goes back to the same thing that we've talked about today, Simon. You've experienced, we've experienced, we all experience it and it's what's between our two ears, right? It's it's making a decision to go after it and to really sow those seeds of positivity versus negativity. And um, so I would say that's probably one that I go back to a lot.
1: Simon, if I may, I, I think it's important that a person finds what it is that reignites the, 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 light, uh, the light switch for their drive. For Shelda, she's listened to Earl Nightingale a million times. But when she hears it, it reignites the light switch for her. It, it reboots her, if you will. Um, you're gonna laugh at me, but for me, Shella will tell you that what what lights my fire, what reignites me, is Rocky. I, I I I almost every morning listen to it. I I when I run, it's the first song I listen to. It's just my. It's just for whatever reason, the thing that reignites my pilot light to get going
0: again. You know, talk I have to
2: add one more in there.
0: Go ahead. Go ahead.
2: The, the one that I was thinking of was the power of habits. And, and that was huge for me because there's so many things that we do subconsciously as people that I do that I had no idea of the habit portion of it, which is also kind of what, you know, motivated us in regards to brain tap to be able to flip those switches, right? To help people get out of those habits that you don't even know that you have. So the power of habit was one that was very eye opening for me.
0: Cool. You know, you know what you talk about listening to Rocky, the first thing, uh, and this goes back to very similar to the program, the subconscious and the mind, right? So in fact, certain type of music triggers us, right? It lights that switch. So when my son, who you know, you we know, um, play pretty competitive baseball when he was six, he was a pretty good advance for his age. So I made mean, a highlight reel and edited to Eye of the Tiger. And then every, before every practice, uh. every practice, before every practice, every game while we're driving there, we're playing Eye of the Tiger on a nonstop repeat. So when he's going there, yep. his mind is automatically yes, thinking, he. crushing it. Like, oh, I'm, he's automatically not thinking about this is a tough team, but you think hey, ever since I was a kid, I was more advanced than other kids. You know, and really, that's a big part of success. And that's really tied to what you guys are doing with brain health sciences.
1: I, I, think, I think mental toughness uh, is something that uh, is required in anything you want to be great at. If you want a great marriage, you better be tough. If you want to be a great uh, a father or a mother, you better be tough. If you want to be, uh, build a network marketing co- a business, you better be tough. I, I think that, again, how you feed your brain uh, uh, does that. And you have to have that combination of knowing what your why is Making sure that you understand the value of that compared to what could go wrong, and being able to relight that belief, relight that drive—whether um, it's Sheldon who likes, you know, Earl Nightingale, or myself that listens to uh, Rocky—you've got to be able to turn that switch on, right, you know, when you need it.
2: I want to congratulate you and say how honored I am um, to hear the story that you just told us about your son. That you are a parent that is reinforcing positivity and that is really, you know, making a choice to do something for their son that inspires them. You know, there's a lot of people out there that whether it's parents or um, individuals that, you know, the talk on the way to the baseball field isn't let's get going. It's all remember, don't do this and don't do that and don't do this. So um, I just honor you as a parent also to taking that positivity into you know, and putting it into your children from
0: oh. the get-go. Oh, thank you. I'm just taking what I learned from this profession. So, and uh, hope that kids yeah. don't end up making the mistakes I did as a kid. right? Because, you know, when I played sports, I was, that was the only thing I thought of. You know, I played college basketball, but I could have been a, such a better player. But I had negative thoughts. Oh, be careful. Don't worry about this. Don't do this. And I ended up, of course, doing all the things yeah. I didn't want to do. So, hey, as we wrap up, the last question, the million-dollar question. You ready? So imagine you had to start all over again and you knew no one. So you didn't even you two didn't even know each other. You're like an alien that went to another planet. But you had all your current knowledge, skills, and wisdom. What's the first thing or the first place you go to build a network marketing business from scratch?
1: Well, I'll go first if you don't mind, because I want to I, I don't want to just tell you a theory. I want to actually tell you a very quick fact. Um, when uh, in my seventh year, it took me seven years to earn seven figures. Uh, in my seventh year, we're earning seven figures. Uh, in my eight years, I was forced to start over within the same company. Story for another time. But I had partners, and they kept that business. I started over, and so I actually when I when Sean and I started dating seriously, I actually moved to Houston with zero, with zero people. I had. Everybody I knew was already in the business uh, and zero money. So all I had was the skill set I had acquired over seven years and some product. And so I can answer that firsthand. Um, The first thing you do is you get off your butt. You cannot build a business on your butt. So I got off my butt and I said hello to everybody. Number two, I quickly became of value. And the way I became a a value is that I listen. If someone said, if I was talking to you and you said, you know, my my son's really trying to be a baseball player and this is our goal, I would take time in my day and research the best batting coach in Houston. I would connect you to, I'd send you a little note with some articles, say, hey, I talked to this guy. This might be valuable to you. Boom. So, so that, because my goal was that I didn't know you, but I wanted to create a relationship, but I didn't have time to play patty cake because I was starving to death. So I needed to create value and have you want to talk to me quickly. And then third, I picked three things to do every day and I did it every day a lot. I said, hello, because it's well of it in my business. I sampled every day and I'm built for the next event. Furiously, like it was the last one I was ever going to be able to bid for. It didn't matter if it was a Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. I was always building for the next meeting, and there was no meeting after that. When's the next meeting, Paul? Tonight. When's the one after that? Tonight. When can I see one if I miss this one? Tonight. I mean, it was I, that, that. That was just. It was all about right now. And so, um, you know, what was interesting. Uh, is that we actually, Sheldon and I actually out-earned that business. It took me seven years. We became the number one earner 12 months later and won the car. Mm -hmm. So we outperformed. It took us seven years. We did one year because we had the tools and knew what to do. And I wanted this lady to marry me, and I needed to have more money than I did at the time I asked her.
0: Hey, that's awesome. As we wrap up, any last words or advice? And then what's the best way our listeners can connect with you?
1: I, I, I'll tell you, and I'm not I'm not just trying to say this. I think the best advice I can give someone uh, is to surround themselves with people like you. I, I'm not just fluffing your tires. I think that what you're doing for the industry is amazing. I, I'm embarrassed to tell you that before um, the, the Fellowship of Christian Network Markers, I didn't uh, have a connection with you. Like I said, I went through somebody last month. I'm I'm always going to be talking to people. But I I feel like uh, if I would have connected myself closer with people like you, I would have probably been able to flourish faster just because, um, you know, hearing someone else's perspective. And I think venues like this are very needed in our industry.
2: And I'm pretty simple, Simon. Feel the fear and do it anyway.
0: I like that. Feel the fear and do it anyway. And what's the best way uh, listeners can connect with you?
2: Probably on Facebook um, or through our website. You know, we uh, are, are constantly working on getting more social. That's one area that we haven't done as good of a job in over the over time, but probably Facebook um, or BrainHealthSciences.com.
1: BrainHealthSciences.com has the info information there. They can contact us there and we'd we'll be happy to answer any questions and give them a uh, everyone on this show an, an
0: opportunity to, to try it. Hey, ML Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And today you've been hanging out with Paul and Sheldon Magistri. So keep up the momentum and go to mlnation.com. Click on the podcast tab and the show notes or the nuggets the wisdom also the link to the app to brain health sciences will be right there. And you know, to be successful in network marketing and business and in life, you must help others. So Paul and Sheldon, thanks again for sharing your valuable time. We appreciate you and we're grateful for you for having a positive impact on millions of distributors worldwide. Thank you so much again and God bless you. Hey, MLM Nation. Do you ever struggle with consistency or worried about what are you saying the wrong thing, what to say back to your prospects? Well, now you don't have to worry. Go check it out, BYOB. This is when you and I, we go together on Zoom and I'll guide you word for word on what to say and I guarantee you can get at least one interested prospect for your business, service, or products by the end of the session. It's a ton of fun. Go check it out at mlnation.com forward slash BYOB. Hey, ML Nation, Simon Chan, and I want to give a recap from an amazing show from this power couple, Paul and Sheldon Magistrate. So many nuggets on here. When I was, look at the title of the show. I just, I didn't know what to say because they went deep on so many things. Uh Went deep, number one, on the way, the reason to do this. Right. You talk about when we become, when you talk to that mentor, when you become the other person on the other side of the phone, right? Instead of taking someone else's money to invest, being, being the person that has the money to invest, right? Um, launching, not knowing too much, but just acting out of conviction, out of belief, filling up a room. What happens when no one shows up, right? And, And what the mentor did and talk about the work ethic, the drive, the belief. And the three things it takes to be successful, number one, willing to submit to that opportunity. I think that's a big part. I talk to a lot of people. They love network marketing, but they're not willing to die or to submit to that opportunity. They're not willing to be humble and not really admitting that they don't know about anything. And I love, the, I love what he, uh, the mentor said. If you never earn more than 10,000 a month in network marketing for at least three to four months in a row, you don't know anything about network marketing. And I'll tell you, it is so, so, so true. Sheldon talked about fear, Talk about using tools, keeping it simple, right? Don't, you know, don't start adding so many words to it. You learn to use your tools. Uh, and talk about consistency. You know, reputation makes experts out of every one of us, right? A lot of great nuggets here, like those who you think will, won't, which is so true. Those you think will join, most likely won't. Those who you least expect often will surprise you. You can recruit on purpose and retail by accident, and that's why you can't stop, right? Don't think about which way. Just share, share your goal, take action. The consistency creates belief, increases belief, and the size of your commitment has to be consistent with the size of your goal. Now, if you want a small goal, sure, doesn't need to be uh, that big a commitment. But if you want to, you know, achieve your dreams, a big commitment, big goals, bigger the commitment. The bigger, the, the more the consistency you have. And we spend a lot of time really talking about the self-talk. Like, that's the thing that I really believe in. Um, you can learn everything, but if your self-talk and what you say to yourself is not, doesn't support your dreams and goals, you can't, right? When well, you wanted your dreams, you got to make that pavement to your dreams. I love the three things. Work ethic, discipline, consistency. N- work ethic, discipline, consistency. And those are the things you have to make a payment to those dreams because without that work ethic, without that discipline, you are never going to make it. And there's anything that's stopping you. A lot of it's the fears, the we'll talk about brain talk, the self talk to yourself, the business DNA. You know, that's, uh, and, that, and I, when I was talking to Paul, when I found out what he was doing um, with the brain. Health sciences really brought my memories. I used to uh, take a nap. I remember in Malaysia, listening to this, you know, things to program my subconscious because I had like a little fear. I felt that I, I know I was, I was a full-time leader, but I don't think I could make a seven-figure business, right? I had these limitations, fears that held me back. And just listening to that stuff over and go, definitely, definitely helped. Uh, I can go on and on. There's so much stuff about like so many nuggets. Like if you can't be grateful and angry at the same time, that's a big, big nugget there, um, Lots of good stuff. Hey, go back and listen to the show over and over again. There's at least ten things out here. That pick three things to do every day, right? Say hello, sample, build for the next event. And tonight's the only meeting. Always building to that next event. So many good nuggets. Hey, thanks so much to Paul and Shelter. I can go on and on. Definitely check out the app too. I'll put a link uh, to the show notes page. That was very, very cool. Uh, that app. I actually was checking out. And uh, leave us, yeah, leave us a uh, review on iTunes, Spotify, whatever you listen to. The Podbean, whatever you listen to. Appreciate you for listening. Let's lift up the profession. Please hit the subscribe button. Send me a review. Read all every one of them. I appreciate you for listening. I'm just loud and proud because this amazing profession. And a uh, big shout out to the Fellowship of Christian Network Marketers. That's actually, and Chris Weiner for connecting me uh, with Paul. Because uh, it's really been a blessing getting to know Paul and Shelda. And what they have done for the profession. So anyway, it's over to you. I'm done talking. Make sure you go back and listen to this episode, connect with Paul and Sheldon, check out the app, and remember, we're in the profession to help others, so go out there and have a positive impact on someone's life today. God bless you all.